This is a restless reaction. I am your host, Matt, and I am joined on a special occasion with Pastor Michael. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Life is good. I could really use some Driscoll reaction video right now. Well, Pastor Michael, I have some good news. Driscoll video reaction you will be getting, you and all of our faithful listeners, because we in our episode called Reformed Promised, the first person to rate, review us, and email us would be receiving a gift from Michael and I. And we had someone take us up on it. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I had to drop a reminder to our subscribers and followers on Saturday. Um, I did see it. That was that was the recording I didn't know about. Is that? Yep. Yep. Oh yes. But once I did that, and you know, and I'll, I appreciate our listeners. You know, they assumed the moment that podcast was released, it would be claimed. That is definitely what they assumed. But, <laughs> but after I gave them a reminder, we were inundated with emails. And by that, I mean like five. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. And I will have you know that there was some controversy over who was actually first, the, the first one to claim. And so, you know, I had to take it up with the uh, board of directors here at Restless we uh, had to do a recount. There Did you was a, check what kind of voting machines were we using? There was a. Were you using Dominion software? There's a. There's a lot of questions in the Google system. I mean, we had two emails come in within one minute of each other. Wow. And is that the, real? It is real. Wow. The and the first email. Oh, I'm sorry, friend. Uh, did not win because he he did not write a review. He did not write words in his review. He just left the stars and emailed us, which meant the second person, a friend of the show from Australia, is our winner, which means we will be giving a, a pocket Westminster Shorter Catechism to this friend. Fortunately, I have a way to get one of these to him very easily, but we want to thank everyone who, who did that, who, who, who participated with us that way. Uh, we'll be doing more things like this in the future. And you guys, uh, because you were the first, you were jumped on so quick, we will legacy you into our next drawing. But as our thank you to everyone, today, we are watching some Mark Driscoll, some classic Mark Driscoll. Uh, we are going to watch the Mark Driscoll clip that brought Pastor Michael on the new Calvinist bandwagon. This is it. I'm this so glad that this is still out there. I don't know who did this for us, but I'm so thankful yep. that they preserved it. I'd like to thank uh, Be Ready 7 on YouTube um, for, for with their 60 subscribers, which is more than we have. So no worries, man. You're doing great. Keeping the tolerance rant in a place where we could access it. Here's why I'm excited to do this. I think, Michael, something we've mentioned that we have not done since we've kind of uh, not been as involved in these kinds of movements is I have not gone back and revisited any of this content books, sermons. None of it. <laughs> and so I think it's time to start finding out what, 
what was it like? What was I so impressed with at the time? Uh, here's how we'll do it. We'll, uh, we're going to watch the clip. We'll see if we get through all eight minutes of it. And Michael, you just tell me when to stop when you want to uh, comment on Pastor Driscoll's sermon. Uh, from okay, Nehemiah. let's do it. Yeah, so this is this is a sermon by Mark Driscoll from Nehemiah. As always, uh, Pastor Mark, we'd love to have you on the show. And let's get going. The tolerance rant. You know, and, and what happens here is Elias, he's a really sweet guy. I mean, I see him in a lemon yellow sweater vest, drinking decaf, driving a cabriolet, just like, you know, he's just, he's just a really sweet guy. But his mercy's too much. His mercy is at the point where he just totally gives up the truth, which leads to the second point. Then the feelings of people overtake the feelings of God. When you lose sight of the truth and you lose sight of God, you will allow error, sin, falsity, and heresy in the name of being nice, which is not nice to God. And ultimately, it's not nice to people because you're lying. Hey, that's great. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's basically right, right? I like it. I'm on board. Let's let me just ask this question. How much, Michael, is your preaching style reflective of what we are watching here it, today? It's so not. Sometimes I I almost wish, and I don't know if this is sinful of me, but I almost wish that I did more of this kind of stuff and I could pull it off. Uh my preaching style includes basically zero humor. And uh, it is just uh, straight up. Here's what this teaches. Here's what it's all about. Here's what you should do with that knowledge. The end. Let's pray. So uh, it is not near as flashy and fun. And and we're going to get the jokes. <laughs> I have a feeling those are coming. Oh, they're coming. All right. <laughs> I, I, I almost remember all of this verbatim just because I, I'm sure I watched it so many times. Oh man. But yeah, this is the, this is the, this is a nice kind of thing to, uh, after a long day, uh, pour a stiff drink and, and enjoy some of this tolerance rant. Let's keep it going. And, and that's what happens here. How in the world did Tobiah marry into a Christian family? If you're here and you're a daddy and God gives you a girl and maybe some of you aren't married yet and you're going to be a daddy. I got two girls, man, I love them. We have this talk every 15 minutes. <laughs> Jesus loves you. I love you. No one marries you, touches you, speaks to you, looks at you, text messages you, emails you, or gets to be in the same zip code as you unless they love Jesus and I love them too. That's it. <laughs> Otherwise, my daughter's going to get hooked up with some wingnut whack job and then he's going to be at my house for Thanksgiving, and I'm going to have a fork in one hand and a knife in the other, and something really bad's going to happen. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're clapping along. Uh, I mean, is, is it useful for me to try and make substantive critique, or is that... Just... I don't think so. I think just sit back and enjoy the ride. <laughs> okay, because... Because, right, I, I think we're far, we're, maybe we're far afield from whatever this original Nehemiah text was, but let's keep, let's keep going. And he's going to be raising my grandkids not to like Jesus. So, it can't happen. Somehow this nice, sweet Elisha, this guy did not hold the line. And Tobiah marries in. And, 
and tolerance overtakes truth and people overtake God, which the end result of this, I'll give you another example since we're here. I was going to move on. I'll give you an example how this still happens. It's happening now. I can't believe I just want to say right now you are you are missing him jumping around just apparently just broiled over with, <laughs> with whatever kind of passion of, that looks like he's trying to choke something <laughs> or or whatever so all right believe this I'm driving along in my jeep minding my own business and I turned to Christian radio for the first time in a long time, last time, for a long time. <laughs> and there's an ad by churches in our area, least church area in the country, more dogs than Christians, saying that we're having a conference, a series of conferences on the Old Testament, and you all Christians, you could come and learn the Bible that Jesus read. You could learn the Old Testament. I thought, Good. I, I vote yes. And our teacher will be Rabbi so-and-so. And I start having my own personal earthquake in my Jeep. I mean, I'm squeezing so hard on the steering wheel, I'm waiting for the airbag to deploy. This isn't a Messianic Jewish rabbi who digs Jesus. This is just a rabbi who thinks Jesus is not God and is still dead in a hole somewhere in the Middle East. Going to teach God's people the secret of the Bible. The secret of the Bible is Jesus. You know. He's right. Michael, is that story true? <laughs> Did that happen in his I car? bet it happened. <laughs> I bet it really happened. I bet there's some embellishment, but, but it doesn't strike me as something that would not happen. I mean, it strikes me as something that happens daily. Was, um, was this, I don't, I just, I think this might be one of the first times I've seen this clip. Um, was this controversial? Was this like bad guy is anti-Semitic? Is that is that the read this what we got here? I don't remember any of that uh, coming out from this. Like this was around the time that Driscoll started to you know be on some of the like he's on he's interviewed on Nightline on ABC and like he's starting to get some press as the kind of controversial. Uh, but also kind of old school in some of what he believes because he still believes that there's objective truth. Like he was starting to get a lot of uh, flack for being that guy. And so uh, I don't know uh, exactly where in the timeline that would put this, but uh, he, he definitely was getting some of that. I don't know if it, this is just a, like the first thing that I ever saw from Driscoll. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it was, you know, if it was pretty old when I saw it, if it had been a couple of years or if it was like, wow, this just happened and I'm just seeing it now uh, and jumping on the bandwagon. I'm not sure. All right. Let me put Driscoll back on. I'll look up the date of this sermon series. And, and that's what freaks me out. And so, so here's what happens. Jesus comes. He fights with the religious types in John 5. And he says, you guys study the Bible all day and you have no idea what it means because you don't love me. I don't care if you know what the shoe bread is and the temple is and what the, what the lampstand is. I, I, you know, if you don't know Jesus, you don't know Jack about the Bible. That's what I'm telling you. And it might be really cute to bring in a rabbi and he's like, here in the Hebrew, ark means, who's your Messiah? 
Well, it's not Jesus. He's still dead. Then you're on the other team. And we love you, and God bless you, and you can come, but you can't teach. You can't teach God's people that the secret of the Bible is not Jesus. <laughs> End of Luke's gospel, Jesus rises from death. Takes up through the whole Old Testament saying, this is all about me. Guy gets up. Here, let me tell you about the Old Testament. What do you think about Jesus? I don't think about Jesus. Teaching the Christians. Then it gets worse. This month, Christianity Today did a feature on me wasn't too bad. I've seen far worse. <laughs> and I was hoping, I was wondering if it was online so I could send it to my mom. I always read. <laughs> uh, Nehemiah, he preached through Nehemiah in, uh, through 2007. Okay. Yeah. So that was that I, I probably saw it right about when it came out or shortly yeah. after somebody must have clipped this and put it out. They probably clipped it actually. They've got that little graphic at the beginning. So I'm yeah. sure the church clipped it and, you know, put that out for everybody to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man. Oh, uh, it, I mean, he's, he's pretty likable. I, we, we were just talking to a, a friend in the OPC who I just is, feel is going to be disappointed with our, our lack of, of fury, <laughs> fury at this. I, I don't know, man. All right. Well, well let's, let's, I'll, 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 I'll work something up. I'll, I'll work myself up. Like, like he, well, I'm taking, this. I'm taking some notes. There's some oh, things I'm thinking, but I want to watch the whole thing before I, uh, before I make my proclamations about it. Pastor Michael, you, you, um, faithful and, and measured uh, guy. Stuff before I send it to my mom because she gets depressed. <sighs> and I click on to ChristianityToday.com. Now, I'm thinking we're clicking on to ChristianityToday.com. And at the top, the banner ad, the top of ChristianityToday.com. The marketing for my new books just went out the window. But at the top of ChristianityToday.com, there was an ad for the rabbi. Not a Christian. Sitting there, rabbi asked, saying, if you, would, if you Christians would like to know the Old Testament, buy all my products because I'll tell you what the Bible's all about. If I might state the obvious, Christianity is about Christ. I don't mean to stretch it. <laughs> His face, he knows he's, he's, oh, yeah, he's got he knows him. He's funny. You know what I'm saying? And here's what, here's what the ad said. Everyone needs a rabbi. I'm in my living room. Here's what I do. Ah! <laughs> I flip. My kids run in. Dad, what's happening? There's a rabbi on Christianity.com. My son was seven at the time, just turned eight. Well, he doesn't believe in Jesus, does he? No, you're seven. You should run the website. <laughs> if you have the, and I know some of you are geeks, I know. If you can take it down, do. Wow, bold, bold move. Oh, man, right? unbelievable. And if it goes down, I'll go on CNN and say, 
We did it for Jesus, you know? <laughs> and the whole thing, everybody needs a rabbi. I'm like, we have one. His name is Jesus. Jesus. I don't need this guy. <laughs> Just freaks me out. Yeah, are you with me? I mean, I mean, I... <laughs> the result then, when tolerance overtakes truthfulness and the feelings of people overtake the feelings of God, passion diminishes into passivity and people just don't care. Oh, there's no hell. Every religion's right. Nobody's a bad person. <laughs> well, I'll be at the strip club. It changes how you live. It just does. It just does. If you believe that the Bible is true and that Jesus is God and that hell is real, you live differently. And if, if all of it's just opinion, perspective, ideology, and marketing, why be passionate about anything? Well, well we're having a good time. Uh, that's for sure. That was so fun. Just a I, lockdown memory lane. I, yeah, I'm gonna. I raise. I raise a glass to this reaction. Um, here, you've got notes. I don't. As as our listener probably probably heard me just uh, dying laughing. Uh, it was yeah. It was it was not to something unrelated. It was definitely to that clip. But here's my initial thought. Oh wow, that is what I thought preaching was. Wow. Right. Wow. All right. That is what I thought preaching should be. Oh, even better. It's not, right. it's not what it was, right? That's not what's happening. Yeah, I, I wasn't a lost church. person wandering into Driscoll's church to hear it, it being all about Jesus. I was like, well, my pastor, what's he doing? He's not making all those good jokes. He's not funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're not funny enough to be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for eight minutes, I mean, right, the content of that was, right, here's the true statement, right? The content of that was, um, what, feelings over truth. When feelings overtake truth, uh, it's bad, basically. That that's, and that that's, that is, a, he's, he's not wrong. That is a common problem. Absolutely. And this is actually, so this is what I want to, I want to give some praise. I do have uh, the tendency, I think, to uh, be very critical at times, but I also really like trying to find the good in things like this. And I like a lot of it. I really do. And this idea, right, that he is drawing firm and hard lines in a time, in a culture, and a church culture even, you know, we know, you know what it was like growing up in evangelicalism. It, it was, uh, it was Christianity today. It's what he was. Right. It was Christianity. Today. It was, it was, we're not going to draw hard lines anywhere because then people couldn't fit in. You know, we want to make sure everybody can squeeze through. So we need to make everything as soft as possible. This is one of the things that made me like Driscoll so much is because I read the Bible. I knew that there was some kind of objective truth. Also, I like just at, on a personality level, I wanted there to be firm, clear lines. And then someone came along and was doing that. But was also, you know, 
uh, appealing to the side of me that wanted to hear the jokes and, yeah. and, and laugh a little bit. Uh, but he was drawing firm, hard lines. And also, I think you see in that, uh, the reason that Driscoll was so appealing to uh, young men like us is because he did not leave masculinity out of the pulpit. Hmm. He had a, like a strong, sure, it breaks into like a, a false uh, bravado and like a phony kind of thing. The the whole, you know, uh, a man can't even look at my daughter kind of stuff. Right, right. Like that is the kind of machismo uh, not necessarily like solid biblical masculinity, but there also was a strong masculine side to it of here's the truth, deal with it. And that, that just, that was something that was anathema and still is in much of evangelicalism, especially the evangelicalism that we grew up in that was heavily feminized. Yeah. And so to see that was like, wow, this is amazing. It, and man, it you're, you're so right. And it's almost like, that's what a lot of people think went wrong and with the Driscoll story, you know, right. like the, they think oh, that was the problem. Right. And, uh, see, see, I just want to say before we go on and before we maybe disprove see pastor Mark, this is the show you should be on. Look at, look at this, the PCA confessional pastor, just singing your praise. But what, what is man? I, cause I totally agree. Right. What made Driscoll interesting for me and my roommates to watch like at night, right? Were the jokes, right? Were the eight minutes of fluff and trash. But again, but let's, and let's give him a little credit. How different is that than what most pastor, evangelical pastors were doing? No, the difference between what Mark Driscoll is doing there and what most evangelicals, and not even just most evangelicals, most of the, the sermons I hear from guys in the PCA who are supposedly confessionally performed, uh, right? It, the difference is that he's really good at it. Boom. Like he's telling stories well. He has impeccable timing. Like he's, he is passionate about it. It's not just, well, I'm going to tell you this story about my life to apply this Bible lesson, uh, but I'm going to do it. You know, it's, it's kind of cheesy. It's kind of lame. It's actually pretty funny. It's well done. Uh, like that was a solid comedy routine. Oh, no doubt. He, when, when Driscoll says one of his major influences on, on his preaching was Chris Rock, you go, I can tell. Yeah, you see it. Now the, you know, like, should uh, comedy routines be a part of a sermon? I don't think so. Uh, I've come to the conviction that I, I try not to use jokes in my sermons, not because I don't think I could. I think, like, there are a lot of times I really want to. Uh, this is the kind of guy that I used to emulate, right, mm -hmm. in, in what preaching should be like. So it's not that I think uh, that, uh, you know, uh, I, would, I would never want to do that. But I have come to the point where I think, no, the, the need in our day is not actually more comedy, more entertainment. Uh, it's, that's not actually what we need. We need John the Baptist saying it like it is. Here's the truth. We're not going to water it down. We're not going to make it light. This is what the scripture says, and we should take it seriously uh, and with some weight to it. And you see, even in this clip, he tries to do that, right? So he tries to do that and the comedy routine. Uh, when I see that kind of thing, though, is I'm going to walk away, and I remember the comedy part, right? I remember the part that was getting me to laugh. I'm not necessarily remembering the other parts quite as well. 
Yeah, I, I think that, and I don't, I don't know how true it is. At some point, we have to, because right, you and I, the point he's making, and the, even, I mean, even the, uh, the failures of Christians, like when we're going to a rabbi, right? All of these kinds of things. I think you and I would pretty much agree with all of that. Right. The question becomes, and this is, and this is where I think part of what you and I in challenging new Calvinism is the packaging isn't neutral. If that's, is that worldly packaging, right? This isn't neutral. Like, and, and I think Driscoll would say it's neutral. Men are listening. You were listening. Right. He could easily right. say both of you were listening. And so, and, and, and that, that in the end becomes what you say about that, I think decides how you feel about what we just watched long-term. Right. Yeah. The, what you win them with is what you win them to that. Like that is a great picture of what the young restless and reform movement was. There was tons of truth. There was tons of good. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Like I'm in. That sounds great. What was it that led to more of the downfall? It was the rest of it. Right. So what is, um, other than the, the truth statements, which again, he's a persuasive speaker. What is he winning you to? What do you think? There's definitely a, a side of uh, being driven, although the, the main thing spoken is truth. Uh, the main thing presented was passion. Mm. And so uh, really what you're doing is you're, you are winning people to passion. And the thing about passions and our passions is they're good. They're from God. Uh, they're also fickle. And they are... Uh, they are a, a part of our uh, sinful nature uh, or our sin. I should say our, our sin nature affects them. Not that passions in themselves, emotions in themselves are bad or evil or anything like that, but they are affected by the fall. They're affected by our sin. And so uh, even though in, in the words that were being used, the focus was on the truth. What was being presented was that what, what, you know, uh, what matters most is the passion. Hmm. Yeah. What? Well, let me let me give you let me unload a little more of my own baggage because we're in a we're doing a reaction. Let's let's get a. I can get as personal as Driscoll in a podcast. That's right. It's a frequent topic of conversation here on the show. I'm a seminary student, so I've done preaching labs. Did you do such wonderful activities at Trinity? We did a couple. Yeah, I, I, I did a few of those. I know I had at least uh, one preaching class that I can remember. So obviously I did it at RTS. I told a, I told a professor based on, on what the, the kind of thing I was coming out of, which was this, I would not use illustrations in a sermon. I would just not do illustrations. And obviously I was being asked to do illustrations, right? And I was being asked by a faithful professor and a faithful pastor, you know, overseeing my sermon writing to use illustrations. And, and do you want to know who kind of changed my mind on illustrations? This will, this is fun. In a few weeks, we're going to have a OPC elder on 
uh, named Rob. It was a really great time interviewing him. And he is like, but he is the one who, who really pushed on me the need for illustration in sermon. And I do think it becomes right how you do it, right? The packaging does matter. But, I was, but, but as I've thought about this more, when I'm doing family worship with my kids, right? With my daughter, we're reading through the Gospel of Mark. I do whatever it takes. I will say whatever it takes to help her understand the scriptural point. Yeah. And not, I don't want to tell her a story about my childhood because all she'll, like you, what you said, all she's going to remember is the time daddy telling me about her, like her childhood. But if, if there's a story about a person who can't walk, right, I will do whatever it takes to help her understand how cataclysmic it was that this person couldn't move their legs. They couldn't run around like you. Yeah. And then after Jesus touched them, they could, right? That, that at some level, right, illustration is totally, it's inevitable, it's natural, and, but, but it's in service to a text, it's in service to a word, it's not in a, it's not a function of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Which this wanna, was entertainment. I'm, gonna, I'm going to jump in and just defend Driscoll potentially. Uh, Please and do. And just say... He did preach for like an hour, hour and a half usually. I mean, it just a, a huge amount. So to like pull out a eight-minute clip like we just listened to, four times you know, it's possible the rest of that sermon was straight on, straight out of the text. But we've heard I don't, <laughs> I don't remember heard, that. But I've heard uh, a number of sermons. <laughs> but I do think, you know, like uh, this is, you know, there was obviously some self-promotion in there and, yep. and some things like that. You hear My some book, of that stuff. And, yeah. Uh, the thing is, ultimately, the fact that it was so uh, focused, it was focused on Christ, right? So, like, it was uh, trying to get across this idea. It's, it's Jesus or nothing. It's all about him. It's his truth, not uh, these kind of, you know, uh, uh, flimsy feelings of people. Uh, like, that is a good thing. And we've mentioned before uh, how the Apostle Paul does uh, speak of, you know, those who are preaching Christ out of selfish ambition, but he says, as long as they're preaching Christ, mm -hmm. like, that's what I want. I want Christ preached. And so, you know, we are only here because of that sermon, mm -hmm. you know, think right. about that. Like right. we're only here because of that and could like, could God have used other things and done other things? Sure. Uh, but that is the clip that I saw that got me more serious into uh, thinking about the scripture in a lot of ways. And so, sure, I have so many, so many things that uh, I could say uh, about how I don't think this is the best way to preach. But man, uh, God did choose to use it. I hope you enjoyed our reaction with watching Driscoll rant about tolerance. As we close here, we'll just let you know if there are clips of Driscoll or other or other things that will be as enjoyable for me to watch at the end of a long day, please send them. We'll do reactions to them. We are going to covenant with you right now, listener. Driscoll just appeared on Steven Crowder last week. It was fascinating. And there are a couple clips I'd love to have us do a reaction to. Once we hit 25 reviews, we're going to do it.